come on, come on, church. No, 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 no. Come on, church. I mean, come on. Actually, stand back up. She told you to sit down. Give it up for Jesus. Give it up for Jesus. We just sang a song, your breath in our lungs. Come on, we give you praise. Give it up for Jesus. We should never get tired of giving it up for Jesus. All right. Now we know what we expect when we come out afterwards. All right, come on. Man, it is great to be back here with all of you this morning. Man, I love coming and, and singing praises to God and celebrating life change with His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen, church? Amen. Man, oh man, it is Sunday. It is absolutely our fun day. Man, we just love coming and singing about Jesus. Man, if you are joining us online, good morning to you. We love the fact that you are, you're connecting with us. I'm so excited that we not only have the technology to connect you with the Word of Truth, but we have the team to do just that um, because we can reach you no matter where you are with the Word of Truth. If you are new with us, welcome to Vertical, man. Welcome to Vertical Church. Come on, church, give it up for our guests. <clears throat> we love that you are here. We've been praying for you to show up. We hope that you experience the love of God in a real personal way today, that you know how much he loves you when you walk out those doors that he gave his son for you to have eternal life through him. Amen, church? Come on. Hey, church, I just wanted to share with you before we get into this this morning, um, a couple weeks ago I challenged you to bring some snacks for the kids' camp's workers, right? I said, hey, one way you can step in and make a difference is provide food for those People who are going to be teaching those little kids, gremlins, I mean children, right? And so they don't get hangry, right? They don't want, we don't want people to get hangry. We want to feed them snacks. You did that. Thank you. Praise God for what you did, how you stepped up and made it possible. Our break room is just full of stuff, right? It's full of stuff. So thank you so much. You're making a difference. But I want to challenge you again. It was said this morning that this... Uh, our student ministry, Vertical Students, is going on this Generate YM360, right? There's, I think there's right now six students who are signed up. If you're a high school student, you need to sign up. You need to go. Uh, but I want to challenge you as a church, this is an opportunity you can step in and impact a teenager's life by supporting them financially, right? This is a cost, I think, somewhere around $350 for these students to attend. It's four days. And this is why it's important. It's important for these students to go to things like this. Is because right now, caught it, right now, these students, they're, they're, the faith is becoming their own. For years, they've grown up with their parents, connecting their parents to their faith, and following along. But right now, from 13 to 8, 17, man, or 18, faith is becoming their own. And they're learning how to follow Jesus on their own, devotions on their own, praying alone. So this is an opportunity you can step in and support them financially. You know, five out of six students, I believe, that are signed up need financial help to make it possible for them to go. So I'm asking you, church, to step up. Will you help these teens get there and encourage their walk with Jesus so they can walk with them for the rest of their lives, all right? You can connect by doing it through the offering, you can put in the envelopes, you can connect with Dre, Pastor Dre, or myself, or connection with Sheila, our business administrator, but we want to continue investing in the next generation. It doesn't start with our little kids, it starts with little kids, but it continues with our teens. You with me? Yeah. All right, let's throw it down. Church, open your Bibles, if you would, your Bibles or your Bible apps to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, we're starting on chapter 3 this morning at verse 12. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 12. If you grabbed an orange Bible when you came in, you will find on page 790. 
We're going to be getting there just in a few minutes. Uh, this morning, we continue our series. You can see on the screen, it was hashtag struggles. And I want to share with you, if you missed last week's conversation when we started this series off, you can head to our podcast and give it a listen. I think it will set up the foundation for you a little bit more about what this series is. Because the reality is the reality is that 15 years ago, social media exploded, right? From 15 years ago, it's become going bigger and bigger. It once was, was a, an idea in someone's head, now is a culture creator. You may not like this to hear this. Students, you may not want to hear it or whatever. But the truth is, social media creates culture. And that culture bleeds into our lives. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok have all stepped in the scene you know, creating digital social communities in our lives. And without even knowing it, it has disrupted so many areas in our lives that we never saw coming. Amen. What we believe is absolutely true, we've added all these good in our lives, also brought a ton of damage. Let me just ask you right now, as we're thinking about this when it comes to social media, how many here have taken a pause from social media for a season. Show me, everybody, raise your hand. You're on social media, you have a platform, and you decide, you know, at some point, I'm just not gonna be on it. You posted, hey, I'm taking a break, I'll see you guys in 90 days, or something like that. Show me your hands again. Okay, so that's many of us in this room. All right, now, who here has removed social media from your phone? At one point, you had social media on your phone, and you realized that it was a time sucker, and you was take, your days are wasting away, right? A few of us. How many here have signed up for social media accounts only to delete them because you weren't sure about them. Yeah, come on. See, I think we're smart people. You are smart people. I just want to throw that out there. right? I think we're smart people. And at some point, we recognize what's controlling us. At some points, we recognize what's consuming us, changing us, and we realize, man, it's not good. That it's hashtag, the struggle is Real. See what I did there? That was good. <laughs> At least I thought it was good. The series is truly to walk us through, to show us how real it truly is, what it's doing in our lives. Now, I also shared last week, even if you're here and you're walking through this series with us, and do not gauge in social media, this series still applies to you. The topics that we are, are relevant for us. Social media is just a subject that we're poking at, but the biblical principles that we are walking through apply to every single one of us in this room. And then the results of social media still impacts you. If you're not on social media, one of those things, like I'm, I'm not getting those apps, I'm not downloading those apps, I'm not dealing with those apps, those things confuse me, they frustrate me. Let me just tell you, the results of social media still impact your life. Because there's a really good chance that someone who's sitting next to you, who's on it, your kids are on it, your grandkids are on it, your neighbors are on it, your coworkers are on it, your boss is on it. You are surrounded by people who are being consumed by social media. So it directly impacts your life. Let me say this again. I don't think social media is necessary, necessarily evil. Right? I don't think it's necessarily even, I don't think people say, you know, back in the day it used to be the drums are from the devil, right? I don't think social media is from the devil. I think social media can be used for good and to glorify God, 
but there's some aspects of it when it was created, when it was launched, when it was shoved at our faces and down to our kids, man, that we, we weren't ready to handle. I mean, think about this. How many of us have ever stopped and asked, how has social media affected our lives? How has social media shaped our lives? How has it molded our thinking? How has it changed how we respond to other people in the world around us? How has it affected how we look at ourselves and how we present ourselves to other people? Have we ever stopped and asked those questions? I don't think so. I don't think many of us have. See, for many... The pressure being someone we're not is overwhelming when it comes to social media. And that's what we're targeting at this morning. The second idea or area that we're targeting that social media has seriously impacted the lives is this, the authentic you. The authentic you. Authentic, not false, not copied, not, not being like someone that you're not, being genuine, representing one's true self in life and what's going on in life. Being authentically you on social media is a rarity in life. We are overwhelmed with this idea to present someone or something where we'll get the likes, we'll get the hearts, we'll get the comments. We, we want to put out the authentic, this idea of authentic me is really not true. We want to put out the people who we want to be, how we want people to see us. We want them to what they think of our lives. How do we live a Christ-centered life in a selfie-centered world? How many times have you retaken a selfie? Right? You've taken a selfie to post it out there, uh, to put it out there. It didn't have the right lighting, or the background wasn't right, or our double chin was showing. I think about the movie, the, my Greek, my, what is it, my big fat Greek wedding, and all these ladies, they get together and they're getting their picture taken. What they do is they reach on the, they're like, pull my neck! And so what they do is reach behind, they pull their neck so all the skin pulls tighter so they lose their double chin. <laughs> Try it for your next selfie, I don't know. Give it a shot. There's this innate desire to get it perfect. There's an innate desire to look the part, like we have it all together when it comes to social media. And to add injury to insult, every social media app has so many filters that we can apply to ourselves that what we actually post isn't truly us. They literally give us opportunities tools to change who we are digitally, to smooth our skin, to make us look younger, to make us look more vibrant, our eyes the pop. You know what they're saying with all these different filters that we're applying to ourselves and saying, you are not enough. What you're posting, the picture of who you are, you are not good enough to be seen or to be shown or to be shared. I was reading an article this past week written by Pastor Tim Keller. He is now with Jesus. Uh, he was writing about the power of social media and the identity crisis that it has created in this generation. And you have to hear what he says. He actually quotes, he quotes um, Charles Cooley 
and it's going to blow your mind. Maybe it won't. We develop our concept of self by watching how other people react to different versions of ourselves that we present. Let that sink in. We develop our concept of self by watching how other people react to different versions of ourselves that we represent. What he's saying is that we keep on tweaking what we post until we get the response that we're looking for. We keep on tweaking what we post for other people to accept us. Because if no one likes this picture, no one hearts this picture, no one comments, say, you're so gorgeous today. I mean, we're going to do something different next time to get that. Tell me that's not power over your life. Tell me that, that our lives are not being twisted and being told what to do and how we should look. Social media is doing that to every single one of us. And forget what it's doing to the teens and the kids that are coming up into it. We have these selfies and with camera at the right angle, making looks look at us all so great with huge smile on our faces. But inside that we're, we're truly falling apart. We feel alone. We're depressed, frustrated, broken, and disappointed at what we see in the mirror. Social media is creating that culture, friends, and we have to figure out how to defend it. In reality, the problem goes way beyond the looks, what we present. There's so many hidden, authentic you issues when it comes to the digital world. This morning we're going to be taking a look into a passage that addresses this idea by bridging two different worlds together. It takes two stories, the stories of two different covenants of God, and it shares how they work together, how they tie together, how they transition from one to another. It takes the covenant of God that he made with the people of Israel, establishing his love and his authority in their lives long ago, and it bridges it to the covenant of love through the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that Jesus truly changes everything. In chapter 3, if you have your Bibles, your Bible left open, Paul walks to his readers. He's, he's talking to the church of Corinth, the truth that the church... That those who said yes to Jesus are ministers of the message of hope. In fact, in, it's not on the screen, but if you go back and read a layer, chapter 3, verse 3, he says, You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry written not in ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but tablets of human hearts. What Paul is telling them, that our lives are a letter changed. How you and I live as followers of Jesus is proof that our lives are being changed by Jesus. Our whole life, the words that come out of our mouths, our actions in our lives, and for the sake this morning, what and how we are posting on social media. How people look and see our lives in the digital world. Church, we are ministers of the new covenant displaying the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, amen? amen? If you have your Bibles open, look at this, chapter 3, starting at verse 12. It says, therefore, 
Therefore, we have, we have, since we have such hope, hope in Jesus Christ, we are very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. Let's just stop right there. Because this is where the bridge starts to take place. Paul shares the transition from the stone tablet to the empty tomb. And to grab a better picture of what I'm talking about this morning, I want to journey us back to the book of Exodus. Book, book of Exodus chapter 34. Uh, during this time, God just freed his people from captivity. And God was leading his people of love and showing his authority and leadership in their lives. And I'm just asking, who is here, here has heard something about the Ten Commandments in their life? Show me, okay. Pretty much everybody in the room. This is what I'm talking about. This is where we're at. This is what's taking place. Moses was on the, on the top of Mount Sinai, and he sp was spending some significant one-time one with God. And while he was there, God etched in stone his commandments, how he wanted, how he called, how he commanded his people to live, right? And then Moses' job was to go down and share God's law with the people of Israel, Look what it says, and you can see it on the screen, chapter 34, verse 29. It says, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant of the law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with God. When Aaron and the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. Let's stop there again. Let's, trans let's just going to digest what's going on. Moses came down, he returned from his time with God, and his face was like, like a radiant light. His physical demeanor was directly impacted by his time with the Almighty. His physical demeanor was impacted by his time with the Almighty. How many of you have experienced this? Not that your face is glowing, that'd be a little weird. But in our time with God, in our time with, in, in prayer, in time of reading his word, church, read your, your time in coming to worship, that we walk away different. We walk away different. Even when we're, when we're walking through, we're praying, we're reading, we're having conversations with God, right? And he convicts us. He says, look, this is in your life. It doesn't belong within there. We still walk away feeling complete, fulfilled, whole, and loved. Why? Why is that? It's because spending close, intimate time with God changes you. It changes you. You want to run an experiment today. After service, go out there and open up your social media apps. And I believe almost all of them can tell you how much time you have spent on that app. Compare that time to the time you spend with God. Compare that time how much you are reading and praying and let God mold you and you're, you're, you're pressing into community and you're doing life together with people. Compare that time. I guarantee when you look at that, you will understand 
Who or what is shaping your life? Because the majority of Christians, followers of Jesus, spend more time on social media than they do investing in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Look how Moses responds to this fear in verse 33 on the screen. It says, when Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out, he told the Israelites what he had, he had been commanded. They saw his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went to speak with the Lord. Let's stop here again. Moses came down, amazing time with God, one-on-one, -on -one, and he was just glowing on fire, and this is absolutely amazing. Let me just tell you how God has called you to live, right? And the Israelites, his people, could not comprehend the glory of the Lord. They, they didn't understand what it meant to be in the presence of God Almighty. They were afraid. So Moses, what did he do? You can't comprehend it because you're not with me. He veiled his face. He veiled God's glory working in him and through him. Now, as I read this, I digging into this, I find it very interesting that I believe that many times we typically, we typically act just like the Israelites and Moses. It's not one or the other. I think we, we typically act like both of them. Sometimes we act like the Israelites that we don't fully understand the glory of God. We don't spend enough time with and understand what it feels like to be in his presence and let him change us from the inside out. We don't, under, we don't embrace it or be with him and experience the freedom, the fullness of life that we have been given in Jesus Christ. And at the same time, we act like Moses. We veil over the authentic you because for some reason, we believe who we are in Jesus is not enough. That maybe on the social media that you have done said or some things that didn't, it wasn't enough, so you started presenting someone else. We act like Moses by veiling who we truly are in Jesus Christ to other people. So let me just ask you, what veil are you wearing? What veil are you wearing? What is covering your face in life that you're pretending to be someone that you're not? How are you hide, hiding the real you? That's dealing with the stuff in life that you're walking through. What you're facing right now in life. Listen, over the years I've seen many, many posts on social media that present an image of life. That because I have a relationship with them, a connection with them, I know the image that they're posting is false. It's not what's truly going on in their life. They put a veil on, a smile on, and just to make it look good in the digital world. Now, to be clear here, I'm not saying that we all need to take to the digital world and air out our dirty laundry. 
That's a whole other issue of social media that we'll talk to in a moment. See, too many people use the digital world as a place to say whatever that comes to their mind, not thinking of how it affects other people or those who will read it and we cause others to stumble. What I'm asking you, church, is there anybody who knows the real you? Is there anybody in your life who knows the real you? What you really look like on the inside and outside in life. What is there, we do a really good job. If we're honest, we do a really good job presenting who we're not. Presenting who the me we want to be or the me that we believe that will be accepted by others. And unfortunately, we've been doing it so long, we've become so used to showing our fake selves that we truly don't know who we are. This image, this image, this life, this family, this, this, this. And we're like, oh, this is who I am, this is who I am. No, no, back here is who you really are. These are the things that you're dealing with. These are the things that you're walking through. And man, in social media... He's multiplied this problem in the lives of too many people. Our identity is not found in followers, friends, hearts, likes, comments. Our identity and everything is found in our relationship with Jesus Christ. So what veil are you wearing? Right now, what veil are you wearing? Because here's the problem. If we fail to recognize the veils that we're putting on our face, hiding in the true selves, the veil that covers the face will eventually cover the heart. We may start out with a simple filter on our face or in life, but only become harder and harder to be honest with ourselves and other people around us. It will become harder and harder to break free and grab a hold of who we are in Jesus. Why? Because a heart covered is a heart diminished. You keep on covering up who you are in Jesus, trying to put this fake self out there, you're not truly living who you are in Jesus Christ. Here's the truth. If you are trying to be someone else, one of you is irrelevant. Think about that. Maybe it's not social media. Maybe that's not your platform. Maybe it's just being in front of people. Joy's presented. This is who I am. I got this everything together. But behind, this is the real you. If you're trying to be someone else, one of you is irrelevant. Which which you do you think God wants you to work on? The Facebook you? The Instagram you? The TikTok you? Or the Jesus you? Which one is God saying, come on, come on, follow me, listen to me, I love you. 
Do you think he cares about social media? Do you think he cares what you look like? How many followers you have? How many hearts you get? How many comments you get? How beautiful you think you are? Do you think you think that? What people are saying? No. He cares about you and your personal relationship with him. He doesn't care what everybody else thinks about you. He cares about what he thinks about you. That's what's important. And this is where people start pushing back and say, Rich, I really don't know how to open up. Even I do show them who I truly am. I'm scared that they won't like me or accept me. Oh, Rich, I've, I've tried, and I've been hurt before. I've been burned before. I've been rejected before. So you know what the solution is? You keep trying. You keep trying. Life is better connected. We are built to have authentic relationships, doing life together, moving in the same direction. No judgment, absolute love. Gospel leading, calling each other out, sharpening the iron and walking with Jesus, encouraging each other to look more like Jesus and less like the world. That you and I are choosing and fighting to live in real community, not digital community. It's not building the fake image in the social world but it's becoming the image of Jesus in the physical world. That's what God wants for you. Look back at verse 13, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 13. It says, we are not like Moses. Who's the we? Who's the we? You In Jesus, the church, he's talking to the church. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face. Say this with me. We're not like Moses. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again like you actually believe it, church. You're not like Moses. We're not veiling what God's doing because in verse 16, he says, when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, baby. Take it off. This is where you are in Jesus. Now the Lord is a spirit, and with a spirit, Lord, there is freedom. Come on. Social media brings so much bondage to people who are following Jesus. He said, no, 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 take the veil off. This is who you are in Jesus. Feel the experience of freedom in me. In Jesus, the veil is removed. We have full access to the glory of God working on us, in us, for us. We're no longer living for likes, but we're living in his love. In Jesus, we are free. We experience freedom from everything that is holding us back or pushing you down or covering us up. Freedom to be the authentic you. We don't have to be someone else because God doesn't make junk, He doesn't make mistakes. 
and he made you. And Jesus, we walk up to the cross with all of our baggage, all of our past. It doesn't matter if it's a couple suitcases or baby, we bring a busload of junk and drop it at the foot of the cross, right? And Jesus, it's all removed. We have complete access to the king, the power to life change, the complete love and acceptance. In Jesus, we have this full assurance to look in the mirror and hear his voice say to us, this is who you are. And this is the very person that I died for. So quit veiling it up. Quit being in that digital world telling people all this stuff that's not who you are. I mean, come on, what's, what's of most importance, friends? Is to have all these liked and thousands of followers in the digital world or to be loved by the one who created the world? Then Paul ends this passage, pulling us all together in a reminder for all of us. He says in verse 18, And we all, we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is spirit. We all who with unveiled faces we who have experienced the fullness of God, the glory of God in our lives, have complete access to the Father through Jesus Christ, possess, possess this, uh, the Holy Spirit, are being transformed to be like, look like, love like Jesus. And this goes back to the idea that I said earlier, Rich, I am the authentic me when it comes to social media. I do post my true self. I don't hide anything. I tell people how it is. I would challenge us. Does your digital life look like it's being transformed be more like Jesus? Right now, more than ever in human history, people are being raw and unfiltered in a way that doesn't glorify God. Now listen, I can't say anything to, anything to the person who doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus, right? We can't expect to act, someone to act like Jesus if they don't have a relationship with Jesus. That's just crazy. But I can say something to all of us who are in this room, to all of us who are listening online or watching online, and with all of us who have a relationship with Jesus, if we stepped in our, our history, stepped into what we're posting, stepped into our Facebook or Instagram, our TikTok profiles, our Snapchat profiles, what would it say about us? If we were to put on a screen right now in front of the entire church what you were posting out there in social media, would you shrink back? Like, oh, shoot. See, the flip-flop is just as important. 
Remember, your life is a letter to the world that Jesus changes everything. So as much as you want to get on there and put things down, say things, why? The passage said, being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. I get it. We are a work in progress. But man, we better be showing some progress. There better be some conviction in our lives that there needs to be some changes. Some conviction in what we're posting. Keyboard courage creates chaos. So I don't know, I don't know where you're coming at it from this morning. I don't. I don't know if you've been veiling it up, hiding, trying to be someone you're not because you're afraid to be truly you because someone put you down tore you down with their words said something rude I don't know what it is or I don't know if you're coming in from the other side like you're like I don't care what anybody says whatever I'm just going to tell her how it is but I do know how God has called us to live as his children. Back in the day, I didn't live then, but they had the Ten Commandments. Now, we have the Word. So I don't know how you're coming at it. I don't know how you're being hit with the Word of Truth this morning. Remove the veil, understanding who you are in Jesus. Or take a dark a good look at yourself and see what you're, what you're posting and ask yourself, does that look like Jesus? You want to create culture? You want to create culture in social media? How about as a church we commit to make, create a culture of Christ? They will see how life truly is in Jesus. That he changes everything. That he's changing you. You with me on that? That's what God desires. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your love, your goodness, your faithfulness. Thank you for blessing us so much through your son. And God, I pray this morning for anyone who is listening to your words, who has had that veil up, who are feeling that they're not good enough, that they need to raise this standard of the culture of social media, God, I pray that you crush that. 
Let them look in the mirror. Let them hear your words when they see who they are in you and say, this is the person that I died for. This is the person whom I love. This is the person I've called to myself. This is the person I want to be with me for all eternity. Who cares what society is saying? This is who you are. In fact, right now I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward. I'm going to share with you if this is something you're struggling with, fighting with, you want prayer with, prayed over, lifted up for encouragement. After service, I want to encourage you to come and be prayed with. Truthfully, Father, I know we're all veiling up something. So I pray this morning that will, you release us from the fear of not coming forward and being prayed with that you encourage us to come forward and and surrender to you and find victory in Jesus Christ. May we never stop pursuing you. May we always see ourselves how you see us. Chosen, loved, redeemed, rescued, and nothing less. We love you. We worship you. In your son's name I pray. Amen. God bless church. Have an amazing week.